Welcome to Verbal Diary, the podcast, with your hosts, Cy Joblin and James Norton. Strap yourself in for the rants and bants. Because we can edit it, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you should get yeah. a couple of MP3s and wabs at the end, and then you can start editing right. together. Love a wab. There's nothing like a wab. Uncompressed wab. No, we're definitely doing it tonight, because I've done actual preparation work. Have you? Well, yeah. I mean, it's been how you define preparation, really. Did you read the thing I sent you? Yes, I've read the article that you sent me. Prep done. Oh, that's not the only prep I've done. Have you got show notes? I've got show notes. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Mr. Norton has no show notes. We're going to have to merge show notes now, blimey. <laughs> I've got show notes, mate. I've got show notes. Walky, you know. There's a new one. So, um, have you got show notes? I've got show notes, always. Oh, oh nicely done. You know me. Do you know what? I've actually written, so I'm just looking at my notes. I've made two show notes, and I've made two notes on your article of the week. Blimey. I've made notes about my article of the week as well. I'm like, I just, I'm so prepared. Oh, anyway. So, um... Should we start off as we normally start off? Let's do it. Let's do it. We're really that doing it, man. Start. That's a, that's the, I think that was a bit of pre-show just then. Um, what? Uh, how are you, Mr. Jobber? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. It's, this is not our typical time that we record. All day, really. Or method. Or method. Or format. Or tech. Everything's different tonight. But no, I'm doing pretty well. All the things considered. Glad to hear. Glad to hear. How about yourself? I'm pretty good too. I'm, I'm can't complain. I mean, I, I could, but no one cares, so I don't bother. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm, 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 so, so we're back to recording remotely. We've been recording we in person quite a lot over the past few months, and I, I'm just curious about the, the backdrop behind you. Oh wow! Yeah, because it's video, so you, you can There's, see. My, my so-called studio. Jobling Manor is a very strange place in my uh, in my limited experience. Um, can, can, can I just ask you a few questions? Go ahead, my friend. So uh, over your right shoulder, there I can see three clocks. Is there a fourth? Three clocks. I mean clocks. Yes, there's, there are four there's in a, total. There's four in total. Are any of them showing the correct time? All of them. Are you sure yeah. about that? I'm pretty the sure. The first one that I can see to my left, which would be to your right as you're facing me. Is that showing? Yeah. No, well, one, one over. Is that showing the right time? For America? Yeah. For LA? That's correct. What's it? Okay. If you say eight so. hours behind us. So what's going on with these clocks? Uh, to be fair, the missus loved the look of that. So we were just like, well, yeah, it goes. Um, and then time-wise, time zone-wise, we just picked areas that we thought were relevant. LA was somewhere we visited, and we were like, why not? Let's put it up there. And then the second one is UK, and then the third one is... Oh, God, which one's that? Yeah, it's, it's ahead two, three hours. So I don't know where that one's going to be, to be honest. I think it was um, United Emirates, because we've got friends over there. And then the final one was over in Australia. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then, just just by your left ear, as, as I look at you, it's not actually by your left ear. What's that vent? Oh, well, this is the downstairs bathroom, so it's ventilation for that. So, if someone takes a shit, all the smell vents into your studio. Exactly. And that's why we have the animals in there as well. So this well, reminds me. Like, I worked for a company once um, who needed a bit more space in the building they had. And they had this outdoor area, and what they decided to do was um, basically wall in part of the outdoor area to create more working space. Seemed pretty reasonable, except what they hadn't realised is that the toilets vented into that outdoor area, and they blocked it in, and basically a bunch of people were working, surrounded by the smell of shit all the time. Amazing. I mean, some people have to do it for a living generally, right? But yeah, that's not great. That's pretty bad. 
ironically, I had a friend who worked in a sewage plant during that period of time, but that's a whole other story. It had a better job. <laughs> Okay. With a whole much easier resources, let's say. Well, I, I'm just I'm waiting for my invite to Jobling Manor. Um, well, you're always welcome. It's just trying to I'd, fit I'd, in, obviously. I'd like to see your sort of what seems to be like a rambling home that you have. Every time we've recorded with video, there's like a different room. It, you must live in a very large, multi-roomed venue i'm trying to remember how many rooms we do have downstairs in the kitchen six six downstairs room right okay it's quite a few quite yeah a few. yeah it's, it's pretty good it is big i mean we do live away from london so it's affordable let's say oh. i know it's bigger than most houses but we got a good bargain to be honest mm. and i just love the traditional mm. old architecture it's great Yes, I can see the beams. Wooden beams are lovely. Yeah. And the wonky yeah, yeah. walls make it great. Wonky wall. Right, enough of the bounce. So, <laughs> blimey, no, I've got so many more bands to come. Come so on, just tell me what you've got, would you? So, I don't know if you have been following much on political Twitter over the last couple of weeks. Mm, but I've, I've noticed... A lot. Well, I've noticed the resurgence of something on political Twitter that's actually making me very happy. Go on. It's the resurgence of the word cunt. Oh. Cunt is conservatives. No. Yeah. no. I don't think he spells it. So there's been a lot of tweets with the word cunt in them for over the past few weeks. I think it makes Twitter a much better place. Um, and I just... <laughs> One this evening, I mean, I, I wasn't really thinking about talking about this, and then, then one came on this evening from someone called Pearly. I don't know who she is. Um, and the tweet simply says, going to send my boss a letter calling him a cunt, but not sign it so he knows I don't really mean it. That's how it works, right? <laughs> I'll send you the link for the show notes. Um, Please do. And I, I just, I'm, I'm just, I'm massively in favour of the resurgence of the word cunt. I mean, I know you're a fan of the word. I, I like I like to use it selectively. It's, it's a very powerful word. It's in my top ten. Yeah. <laughs> it's in my top ten pumps. No, no, it's in my top ten words. See, when you said political, I was thinking our good old friend Jeremy Hunt, who has been called that by mistake several times. You've seen but the video I... of of every time he's been called cunt, yeah. No, that will definitely have to go in the show notes. That is... <laughs> Every time Jeremy Hunt has been called cunt. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just searching for... It. I'm glad this is on your home machine. This is <laughs> that brilliant. your child probably um, uses. <laughs> no, my child does not use this. She wouldn't use anything as old-fashioned as a laptop. Um, oh, the iPad. It's in the Google history, though. She, she's... Yeah, well, she doesn't use my Google account. Um... You've configured your accounts correctly. I'm, I'm, I'm just sending you a link to uh, uh, a page on metro.co.uk, which no, the quality uh, has the video. media outlet. That's right. It has the video of every time Jeremy Hunt's been called cunt, and the video is more than a minute long, which is quite pleasurable. Um, Absolutely. Thank you. Anyway, anyway. Uh, so, yeah, so that, that's, that's um, in today's companies. <laughs> C-O-T-W. Cunt of the week. Yeah, it's, it it's always going to be the same. It's basically the same person every week, isn't it? Um, Hello. Anyway, anyway, should I, I just dive into? No, my my show notes are almost serious. So I'm interested in what you've got in your show notes. What, what, what what's in your notes for the week? Let me see. Right, rugby, the game, the wonderful game of rugby, is number one. <laughs> so still in the realm of cunts. Whoa, easy. You don't, you're not been following the World Cup. You said the, the game of rugby. Okay, sorry, I thought you meant the political game. Um, I have not been watching the World Cup, but I have been okay. following the events of the World Cup. And I was, uh, I, I was bizarrely, I was at the physio on Friday, and he's Australian. And we had a few conversations about Australian and English rivalry. And as we were leaving, he just looked at me and went, hope you lose tomorrow. And I was like, what, what? 
So I haven't actually, sort of, yeah, haven't actually registered. Okay. So you can go back to him next week and just give him raised eyebrows or something to prove a point. Going to call him a cunt. There it is. <laughs> that good old English-Australian rivalry <laughs> with perfectly eloquent language. G'day. We won. We won. So what do you want to say about the rugby? I just want to say it's been wonderful to watch again. I'm really enjoying it. Um, as you say, England-Australia game yesterday was fantastic. The Wales game today as well was a really great combat. It's just turning into a brilliant competition to enjoy and watch. Um, so I, just, I have to call it out. It is my highlight of the week, I think. Um, and just to make it a H- little bit H-O-T-W. more... H-O-T-W? H-O-T-W? H-O-T-W. Highlight of the week. Um, yeah. yeah, and then back onto my old tech project of sports calendars. I bought a new domain yesterday to support that. Do you know what? I saw the tweet. And Go on. What, what, what domain did you buy? So, <laughs> you know, there's, there's shitloads of TLDs now, isn't there? It just, it's, it's not hard to find what's relevant to what you do. So we've got sportstimes.website. And that is literally... It shows up the template. It's nothing fancy. It explains what it is on the tin. And that will be... sportstimes.website. You know what? I just realised I don't think I've tested this properly yet. Because it's not. Is it with two T's? One T. Well, you one T. Sports Times dot website. Sports Times, okay. Yeah. Ah. And that, hello. And that is the boilerplate for creating any website, um, and then it's got links to GitHub and all that sort of stuff down the bottom. Um, so yeah, the idea is I build this out as a template, and then you can spin off any event using the same template. Nice. There we go. So yeah, just to be a bit more geeky around the rugby, that's one of my uh, little highlights of the week as well. HOTW. Nice. I've got a few of the little notes. I don't know. Is it your turn? How do you want to do? No, no. Go through yours. Okay. Uh, right. We love a chicken and a duck. We tend to have a lot of chicken duck news on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> That's not what I was expecting. But okay. I know. But uh, my sister-in-law has recently got some pets, chickens and ducks. So we are feasting on their <laughs> eggs nowadays. It's uh, it's great. We've got fresh eggs coming from our family. The duck egg is huge. It's brilliant. So it's all... It's all uh... It's all baby baby chickens and ducks in your house for, for dinner. Not in the house. It could be in the manor. Um, but no, it's, it's so just it's fresh chicken and duck eggs. None of this battery farmed supermarket crap. It's just... Uh, well, do you know I've never eaten a duck egg? Have you know? Never? Never eaten a duck egg, no. Oh, mate, you've got to try one. They, they're definitely a little bit tastier, I think. A bit more creamy as well. And the yolk. Yeah, I mean... Where do you buy a duck egg from? You can get them in most supermarkets now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, okay. I think, yeah, I think I have a feeling Aldi won't, but I'm pretty sure like the more mainstream ones will provide. So, um, how do you cook your duck eggs? Now, this was the interesting one. So, we for the children, I just did simple boiled eggs. Um, for duck eggs, you have to do them a little bit longer to a chicken egg because they are larger. Um, for me and my wife, we did poached eggs. And I did it with a bit of asparagus and rye bread. So it went down really well. That sounds good. Yeah, it was tasty. I should have taken a photo. I forgot about that. Never mind. It was just too damn tasty. Uh, what else have I got? Tick Tick. I'm back on Tick Tick. I thought tick, I'd give tick. Apple reminders a go and Microsoft to do. So split all my personal and work stuff. And I found myself ignoring a lot of personal things. So I've just gone back to tick, tick, it's all combined again and categorized by lists. It's so much easier, to be honest. I did one place. So, yeah, I thought I'd make a point of that. Very good. How are you getting with your reminders apps and task management stuff? Because you, you, you're always having challenges, aren't you? Well, it's funny you should ask. Um, that is a segue and you didn't even know it. Oh, yes. I know you're too better so than I do. Let's segue. Let's segue into one of my first notes. Um, but just to answer your question directly, I'm using reminders with my wife 
to run our lives. I mean, that's far too dramatic. We're not running our lives at all. Life just yeah. happens. But um, yeah, we're, we're sharing reminders. I'm using it for my own reminders. Brilliant. I, I don't like to mix work and personal. I know you don't. So I'm just using uh, reminders for personal and I will have something separate for work, which ironically could well be tick tick. Um, so we will see. But um, I wanted to talk about uh, something I came across, a productivity thing um, called para. Oh, you sent me this. I've still got the tab open. So um, this is something I, I was brought to my attention by, by another friend. Uh, and um, I've been spending a bit of time thinking about it. And uh, I think I'm going to give it a go. I don't think I am. I am going to give it a go. Um, Power stands for Projects, Areas, Resources, and Archives. Now, the whole idea of power uh, is that um, it should help you bring focus to doing the things that you should be doing and highlighting that those that certain types of things don't fit neatly into a sort of achievable or, or tangible goal. Let me, let me explain. So um, you have areas of responsibility. So in your personal life, an area of responsibility might be health or it might be um, you know, something else, but, but health is kind of a canonical example. Uh, at work, an area of responsibility might be recruitment. Yeah, um, and then within those you have projects. So in your personal life, you might have a project inside the, the health area that's um, I, I don't know um, lose weight or do more exercise or uh, or whatever it might be. In uh, moving into the workspace, if you have recruitment to your area, you might have a project hire a senior engineer. And then within those projects, you have tasks. So to hire a senior engineer, your task, first task might be you know, write a job spec, second task might be talk to internal recruitment, third task might be review CVs, fourth task might be you know, run an interview, and blah, blah, blah. Um, so tasks obviously aren't part of the acronym PARA, but ultimately there are tasks, there are things that need to be done. So you could have there power. are also tasks, you could, but the guy who wrote this book, um, so um, the the idea uh, then you have tasks. Think about tasks in your life that don't really fit into any of your areas of responsibility. And you also have um, projects that don't fit into your area of responsibility. And, and you know, so so he calls these things sort of dreams and goals. I think it is. Um, is it goals? I don't think it's goals. Um, it's dreams and something else. Anyway, um, so you can identify quite quickly those things which. Um, you aren't doing, but which you're doing, but you probably shouldn't be doing. He calls dreams and hobbies. So if you have a project that's not part of an area, he calls that a hobby. And if you have um, a, a task or, or, or something that isn't part of a project, then you'll have a dream. Um, or he calls them a goal. If you have a goal without a project, that's a dream. So, you know, it's kind of a bit... You sort of have to put your own spin on it. Uh, I'm not sure I'd sort of buy all of this stuff. But what I like from it, but the bits that I'm taking from it, all of this, is that uh, I'm going to have these areas. I'm only using it for work stuff. I'm going to have these areas of responsibility. Everything I do, every single thing I do is going to become part of a project, even if it's a project with one task. And if it doesn't fit a project at all, then I know that the thing that I'm doing, if it can't be thought of as a project, I should probably not be doing it. If it doesn't fit into an area of responsibility, I definitely shouldn't be doing it. I should be thinking about how, you know, is this someone else's job? Is this something that I want to make my area of responsibility? Things like that. So what's the difference between an area and a project? Well, uh, a project he defines as something that essentially has a defined end. So project, hire a senior engineer. When you hire your senior engineer, they're hired. Um, that's a project. An area is something that sort of goes on forever. So recruitment is something you're always going to have to do a bit of uh, here and there, as an example. Um, so you might have a task that doesn't fit into a project, but fits into an area, which is something that I want to sort of keep an eye on. And if I have a task that doesn't fit into an area, as I said, that's a signal to me. And he has some other sort of concrete suggestions about how to run this, which he says, You've got various tools in your life. You've got a task manager, you've got um, notes apps, you've got uh, what he calls some resources like documents and things like that. Um, and he says that basically each of those should have a similar folder structure. They should all have four for top level folders, which is basically projects, areas, um, 
was it resources and archives resources. so yep. in your yeah resources so in in your task app you would have that in your notes app you would have that and he he says that that reduces the cognitive load because everywhere you look at has the same stuff um and what goes into the archives is essentially anything that you no longer are working on you're no longer active with it but you never delete anything because you never know when you might want to look at it um i'm again putting a slight spin on it and what i'm currently thinking of having is in my notes app i'm going to have um, projects and areas as separate high level folders and resources and then i'm going to have an archive which will contain projects and areas that i'm no longer working on but i'm not going to have a resource folder in my archives which he sometimes does which i think he does um and i've been reading various posts from other people who've implemented this system so i could be mixed up a little bit apologies if i have and then in my task app i'm just going to have projects and areas and then tasks obviously will fit into one or uh, ideally both of those um i'm not going to my it's my plan is not to create a hierarchy at the moment which where projects fit into areas but instead to link them by somehow notarizing a project as belonging to a specific area and i'm going to try it that way and if i want to create a, a, a hierarchy i'll do that later um and then um i, I don't really have files as such because I'll, I'll normally put all my files in my notes but i might end up with like files and stuff in which case i'll organize that similarly and resources can be anything yeah? it can be a document you've written it can be a web link it can, it's typically something more often than not i think a resource so the way i'm using it is a resource for me is something external so it's something that i haven't or my team hasn't written or created so if i've done a bit of research into what i'm doing and i've got a bunch of links i've got maybe some documents that i've um you know been sent or or, or things like that or emails from someone with information in that 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 to me is, is going to be a resource um stuff that's internal that i've created or my team have created will be part of the project or the area so there's sort of those distinctions and so i'm sort of slowly but surely kind of thinking about it working it through um and and i'm going to give it a go and see how it goes um and I've, so i've been working out what apps am i going to use for this because i want to make sure i've got the right apps so I'm, I'm thinking of using apple notes for my notes um it's only weakness is that it doesn't have tagging so for resources it might be useful to have tagging so i'm going to wait and see if i actually need that some people who've implemented this system rely on tagging i've never tagged anything in my life so um other than obviously tweets um well, try hashtag. So I think this week's hashtag is I've never tagged anything in my life other than tweets. Um, so um, I, uh, I'm going to see. I probably don't need tags. Um, for my tasks, I might go back to to do the number two and then do, which is an app that I own, and that's the only reason I go back to it. I might go to tick tick. I might bite the bullet and buy things. I haven't decided yet. Um, and kind of, yeah, I've been playing around with this. We'll put, we'll put a link in the show notes. Um, I probably haven't done a very good job of explaining it, but I, 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 like, I like the principle. Yeah. No, I, think you, I think you summarized it quite well. I mean, that article is bloody long. It took me probably nearly an hour to read it on the train. Um, trying to process it on the long way, because it's not that clear some of it as well as you, as you go through it mm -hmm. all. Um, mm -hmm. I like the organisation of it. I like the fact that you, it's, it's, you, you've got to fall things into those categories of is it project or goal related or, you know, it's it's very sort of clear rules and boundaries around how you should do stuff. I like how it translates to all apps as well. So it's not just task management, it's actually file management and notes management and all the other bits as well. And I'd be interested to see how you get on with this because um, I know what you're like and you, you're on this quest to, to find the ultimate organization suite for you uh which never happens but hey give it a go i think like you say tick tick might sit quite well for the task part of this because it's got tag management mm. in there as well um not worried about the tags what i like with tick tick is that you can put quite rich notes about the task yep so you can store quite good information and, and you can attach one files detail as well to each item mm -hmm. as well so it, it could work quite well so let me know how you get on with it and i'll see if it translates to what i'm using as well the, the one thing that's been I, I noted on this I, I was playing around with a few apps just to remind myself of some of the things i've used in the past um i had another play with bear 
Are you, are you still using, um, uh, did you still use Bear? Funny you say that, I literally ended my subscription probably last week end, I think it was. Mm-hmm. I've not been using it for months now. It's just, it's sat well, there, what do you available. And I've just, I basically took a dump of all the data, shoved it in Dropbox, um, and ended the subscription to use Apple Notes instead. Mm. So I would be using Bear for this because it's actually improved quite a lot in some important, in some things that are important to me since I last used it, which has been about a year. Mm. It still doesn't have the one feature it's missing. If it had, I would switch to it and sign up for it tomorrow. Tables. <laughs> you like a table. It's a shame to do markdown tables. Yeah. Tables. I, I don't but use you, them much, but I, I know what you mean. Yeah, it can help. The other app that I'm would quite like to have in my life, I haven't decided which to use, but I might. Um, I might use Apple Notes. I might use something else. Um, I, I, I like the concept of sort of active notes. So an active note to me is, you know, you're in a meeting, um, you bash away at the keyboard on a few things to capture some notes from that meeting. Um, it, you know, you're not necessarily, you don't necessarily need to keep that, but you need to know what's happened for the next meeting. And at that point, you kind of don't need it anymore. There's a sort of short-term notes. It's not storage of any sort. You're not really keeping it. You're just having it for the short term. I can't think of a better way to describe it. But yeah, having it, it until more of a temporary. Comes up. It's like a post-it, yeah. basically. You're saying, and you, I want to make exactly. sure of it for the next meeting, and it can go in the bin after, it's not a problem. Exactly. And if, so if you think about a physical notebook, I might take notes in a meeting. At some point, I'm going to create a document around that, which will be digital and be retained. And then the, the physical notes, the handwritten stuff, goes in the bin. Mm. That's I, 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 I do that a lot, and right now I don't have a very good system for that, um, but I'd like to have a better system for that. And that's another place where Bear is actually better than Apple Notes for me because it, it's quite good at, I don't know, Apple Notes somehow, hide, you know, putting stuff in folders in Apple Notes, there's something about the way it looks. That, to me, folders are really sort of there, whereas in Bear I feel like that, that folder pane can kind of go away a little bit more. So I could yeah. have like a folder for stuff I don't give a shit about. There's also the concept of things that are untagged in Bear, because folders are tags, obviously. So I could just not tag short-term notes, and they wouldn't appear in my general stuff, and I'd be able to get to them later. So I was thinking about that. Again, no tables, no tables. And, and part of me was like, use Bear until you've got a need for a table. You should give it a go and see how it goes. Good thing with Bear, though, you can export your content really easily into all the formats, rich text, HTML, Markdown, whatever you want. Why did you it? Just wasn't using it. I was, you know, I was paying, what is it, £2 a month or something? So what a yeah, waste Why weren't you using it? Not needing to take notes as much anymore for some reason. I, I generally don't. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, like I say, it's not, it's, I'm not missing it yet. So, you know, if, if it becomes a requirement again, I might go back. I do like Bear. I don't have a problem with it. I just don't need it in my life at the moment. Mm. What I do need is a decent audio recording equipment for uh, recording podcasts. Mm. Don't say where yet. Um, I know. Right. So I might, I might give Apple Notes a go and see how it goes until I need something more. Cool. This feels like it could have been a good article of the week. Yeah, but it's your article of the week. So I, I, I'm going to dive into my second and final note before cool. we come back to yours. Yeah. Tunnox tea cakes. What? 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 Sorry. Tunnox tea, tea cakes. cakes. Oh, okay. Go on. Do you know what Tunnox tea cakes are? The little chocolatey marshmallow thing. Yeah. Yeah. The Tunnox are like the original ones, I think. Um, for those who don't know, a tea cake is it's basically a small little biscuit, thin biscuit, marshmallow on top, and the whole thing is dipped into chocolate. It's covered in chocolate. Um, and I just want to say, sorry? That's a tonic tea cake. It's not an actual tea cake, though. No, it's a tonic tea cake. Yeah. Um, and, and Marks and Spencer's do their own version and various others. But tonics are the best. And really, all I want to say is I had cause this weekend to buy tonics tea cakes and eat a tonics tea cake. And I was reminded of how much I enjoyed them. And that's really all I have to say on it. The do you have any feelings? <laughs> I don't mind a tonic tea cake. Do you have any feelings on that? I'm away for one. Um, 
I, I get where you're coming from. We're, we're both ambassadors of biscuits, generally, aren't we? We're, we're big fans of biscuit-based goods. And I wouldn't say no, but I don't think I'll go out of my way to get one, shockingly. I, I still prefer uh, like a double choc digestive or a chocolate hobnob or a penguin. Ooh, pick up a, a penguin. Oh, we've Ooh. got penguins in the house. Oh, good work. Yeah. I, I like the biscuit banter. I, mean, I know a few people that might appreciate that comment as well. What, um, what else have you got in your notes? Uh, I think <coughs> I think I had one more thing, and I've got rid of it. Uh, it's just stuff we've been watching lately, actually. Um, there's a show on Netflix called Working Moms that we're really enjoying. And there's a similar, well, I'll say it's a British version, I guess, called Motherland on BBC. Um, both very funny, a little bit dark at times. Um, both, yeah, just enjoyable comedies about bringing up children in different ways and all the life, you know, the spin-offs around it. Two recommendations if anyone wants to give it a go. I know you're not a big Netflixer, but, you know. Not massive, man. No. I know that you know. I like Netflix. It comes and goes with good content, but this one's this one's a stayer. There's three seasons in for Netflix. Uh, working Moms, and Motherland is two seasons in as well. So they ain't going anywhere. Sort of call them out. That's it. Nice. That's all my notes. That's it. That's all. I've done thirty minutes of it, so it's quite a lot. Move it on. Move it on. Shall we move it? Move it. I like to move it. Move it. It is my time for Article of the Week. Verbal Diary with Cy and James. Your, your, your face says everything to that. <laughs> and, and no one listening to this can see my face, but my face know, says... Look, yeah. you bastards. <laughs> right, I sent you this link. Uh, I think it was earlier today. Um... I found it last week and I thought it was quite an interesting article just because of the topic more than anything. I mean, the, the article itself is a little bit of a plug, let's say, but it's just the, the content around it. So the, the headline is Flash is responsible for the Internet's most creative era, which is a bit of a sensationalist headline, but it caught my attention. So it works. Um, so the, the the nooks and crannies of this one is around the, you know the flash technology of yesteryear, uh, previously owned by Macromedia, went to Adobe. I think it was created by someone else even before that. I can't remember who it was. Um, flash content I think had a place in our internet of our years, and what this article is about is about a book. Um, it's called Web Design: The Evolution of the Digital World, nineteen ninety. To today uh, it's a very visual book uh, by a guy called Rob Ford um, and what he's trying to do is just put a big spotlight on the flash websites that we went through in the early days of the internet uh, quoting here it praises the use of flash as a creative tool rather than a bloated malware vessel and laments the way that visual convention Technical shifts and walled gardens have started to reign in much of this unvarnished creativity. I mean, that is a ridiculous sentence to say, but it kind of captures it quite well. Um, the book is 640 pages long, which is, I don't think anyone could be asked to read through all that, but they might want to have a flick. So it's one of those sort of books you'd have on your coffee table in an agency or something like that. You can just flick through and start looking at some of the old websites. Ironically, a print book about an interactive multimedia form doesn't really work very well. Um, some of the comments that were in this article is they, they mentioned Flash was um, it was from periods of extreme experimentation on the way to convention-driven scaffolding we have today. I think that point is quite um, relevant because what I personally do feel I do miss how we didn't have any boundaries when we started creating multimedia websites. In those early days it was literally a blank canvas you could do anything with it and it would work anywhere in theory and now we've kind of found these patterns and templates that everyone sort of falls into every website you hit is just like the same um 
and it, you know that 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 quote of convention-driven scaffolding. I think it, it does hit a nerve a little bit. Every website you go to, you, can, you know where to expect stuff. The menu will be top right or on the top left. You'll have a logo. You'll have content down the the, the center with some maybe some aside content. There's no creativity in that. It's just how do you make that look a bit, little bit more professional or clear? Um, but yeah, I mean, the book is trying to basically say we had a great period of creativity with Flash. And then 2010 hit, Steve Jobs pretty much killed Flash with the, you know, the release of um, iOS and Mac, Mac OS that we just say, no, we're not going to support it anymore. Adobe then followed up in 2015 saying, yep, agreed. We're, not, <clears throat> we're no longer going to support it. And then, you know, we're looking at next year being the final year of Flash Player. No browsers will support this anymore. So we're at the end of an era and it's pretty much spanned about 20 years. For me, they've been crucial years for the internet, obviously. And I feel like you and I come from an era where we, we were blessed with this technology to really push creativity to the limits. Spiel finished. Now I want to hear your thoughts. I really enjoyed the article. Um, great pick from you. Thank you. Good. I mean, I think there's a huge amount of nostalgia in this. Um, and. You know, I grew up in the era where Flash, every website was Flash, or most of them anyway, and it was both wonderful and terrible. I, I think this sort of, um, you know, what you're talking about, where basically everything looks the same, feels the same, we've lost that creativity. I think, I think so much of the internet today, so many websites are about either selling you something or you doing something that ultimately both of those need to follow a formula because there is a best way to sell you something. So, you know, there will be, uh, uh, you know, maybe there's not one, maybe there's a few, but there's not going to be millions of best ways. Then when it comes to doing something, you know, you're filing your tax returns or you're booking cinema tickets or whatever it is, again, how many different ways can you ask for someone's information? Um, I think the other thing that we do a lot of the, on the internet today is research. And again, you just want to get to the information. Whereas back in the day, sort of 20 odd years ago at least, when uh, uh, yeah, Flash was at its heyday, so to speak, mm. people would spend a lot more time enjoying the experience of just being online because it was fairly novel. And I know I did anyway. And I think I, I, I just enjoyed sort of watching stuff online and just being, just experiencing it because I'd never experienced it before. And it kind of felt the same way that, um, you know, more recent example in my life, I've got a 4K HDR TV. So it's obviously the first thing I did was watch a bunch of 4K HDR content. And the only thing I could find quickly was stuff that I really couldn't have, frankly, given a shit about. But I sat and watched it because I enjoyed the experience of that, that newness. So I think there's, there's something in there about that. But I do miss, I do miss the sort of, plucky upstart nature of flash websites a lot of them where a lot of them were sort of you know a bit shit but quite fun uh, i also miss that that sort of uniqueness but i think it would drive me up the fucking wall imagine if every time you went to your online banking website you've got like a flash you know loading screen and then flash you had to have a bunch of animations i just just let me just log in and click on the bloody link and then i can get yeah. on with my life i just think it's a different time and i think it's good to look back and remember this stuff and i really hope there's a historical archive of these things it worries me that we might be losing it but you know for me, this was a walk down memory lane and nothing much more. And I'm, I'm not sure it warrants a 640 page book, but, um, but I did really enjoy it. And I took a couple of notes. And I'm just going to uh, ask you a technical question, which was based on my, the fact that I think web apps are, are shit. Uh, I've been building web apps for the whole of my working life. And uh, I don't think there's many good ones out there. Um, I much prefer native apps. I think the internet's a fantastic platform, but the web yeah, it should be kept simple. Could, was Flash hardware accelerated? Ooh, I don't think it was, and that's the problem we had with it when Jobs said no, no more. Yeah, yeah. So I, 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 I thought that was the case. The you know, but there was some considering it wasn't, or probably wasn't with these kinds of things. Um, there were some fucking cool things out there. Um, but the thing that I missed, the thing that immediately jumped into my head, well, what is it that I miss about Flash stuff online? And I was like, 
Do you know what Jonathan? I mean, this is random as hell. Elf bowling. Elf bowling. Does ring a bell. Remember it. It does ring a bell. But every year, for about five. So flash games were all the rage, and every year for yeah. about five or six years at Christmas time, there was a um, a game called elf bowling, which is when either there'd be an elf bowling, or you'd be bowling, and the elf was the bowling ball. Um, and I don't know why I remember it, but I just remember playing that, and and that's what came to mind. I was like. Do you know what? I love an elf bowling game. And there isn't oh, I haven't looked in the app store. Do they make web games like they used to make flash games though? Because I think we had that opportunity with Flash to make make it quite easy as well. It was all very drag and drop, you know, action script was quite a lot easy language to learn. There was very few limitations. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. Um yeah. It was quite easy to learn how to use Flash and build anything you wanted out of it. Now, mm. with native iOS and Android apps, I know it's very similar. You've got drag and drop interfaces to build these things. But I just feel like we're missing the charm and that, you know, geeks just going crazy with some stupid idea of like elf bowling. I remember watching lots of cartoons of like Weeble and Bob, and it was a brilliant, you know, animation that this published every few weeks. Um, I don't see that anymore. I know it's all on YouTube for cartoons and that now, so or Instagram. But it's just, yeah, I, I do feel like, like you say, I think the, the medium's matured. You know, we had a really fun time in the early days, like like a playground of kids just going wild. And as we went through into the, the, the teen years, as it were, we were trying to find ourselves. And that's when standards came into play and all this sort of stuff. And now, you know, we're, we're an 18-year-old, 20-year-old adult, really. We want some convention and patterns to our lives. We've, we've got to be a bit more sensible. So we are. Um, and it does feel like it's, it, I think the internet has got to that age now of 20. It's got to behave and it's got to be professional and have a bit of fun at the side. But really, it's there for many reasons. The same reasons you mentioned, information, applications and entertainment. Just use that. that that's what the platform's there for and that's what it's best at. Check the link I've just sent you. Is this the Elf Bowling one? It's a Wikipedia page. We'll put the link in the show notes. Um, uh, to Elf Bowling. And I was slightly wrong about it. The elves were actually the bowling pins. Excellent. And it was available on the um, DS as well, on Game Boy. I know. I, I totally remember this. I, I, mean, I, I do remember the visuals now you show me that. Yeah, it's brilliant. I really want to play Elf Bowling. So if anyone out there has a link to a, to a working Elf Bowling, Oh my God, there was a film adaptation. Amazing. Elf Bowling, the movie. Brilliant. This Jesus. is why the internet was made for, man. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. I think we've captured uh, this piece now. I think, yeah. Bit of nostalgia. Thank you for that. Nice bit of nostalgia. And I think, like we say, it's, it was of a good time, but there's reasons why things have moved on. Right then, your turn, dude. Hit me with your... Oh. I'm not as prepared as I thought I was. Right, I'm going to send you a picture. Oh, hold on, hold on. What's the theme tune, man? Pictures of the week. Verbal diary with sign James. You said plural. Ooh. You, you never stick to the rules, do you? I may have just, I may have just given the game away. So, um, about a week ago, um, a road local to my house was closed because um, because why can't I find you in an iMessage? Um, because uh, there was a huge um, burst water main. Apparently, the water went twenty-five feet into the air. Whoa quite impressive um and uh i was walking home after the, you know, the night the night after it happened and i took a picture of the hole that it left um and that's what i've sent you wow that is quite so just so you know this is a night mode picture on the iphone 11 pro um and um the what uh uh, what so 
what you see, I think that's a nightmare picture. Maybe that's the wide angle, ultra wide angle picture. Anyway, whatever. What you're seeing there is a hole that I would say is probably about 11 or 12 feet square. It's quite large. Maybe not quite that big, maybe 10 foot square. And you can see the yellow pipe going down there. That is the water main that burst. And they had to dig this huge hole and it goes down at least 10, maybe even 15 feet. And that is what it took to stop the leak. It was incredible. People in the local areas are quite right by my house. People in the local area to this had no water for a couple of hours. Um, and there was a huge amount of water that obviously was you know, ejected from that. And I was like, apparently, I was taking that picture and someone tapped me on, literally a, strange, a stranger tapped me on the shoulder and said, 25 foot in the air, that was. Amazing. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Quite I mean, incredible, eh? Incredible, mate. Yeah. I mean, we've had a lot of sort of flood issues over the last few weeks, maybe months, um, in the in the whole of the UK. But yeah, to get a water mains version, that was that was definitely not net natural. That was uh, yeah, impressive. Yeah. And, and so nice, then, um, nice lighting on the shot as well. What do you say? Well, thank you. Um, so then the next uh, the next day, I was, uh, this is literally one day later, I, I was walking home from work, um, and it looked like this. Blimey. So in, I thought, one day. I said to my wife, I said to my wife, I said to her, three weeks this road will be closed. That's what I said. And I'd like to apologise, because... I don't actually know who to, but I'm going to apologise to the world because only about 17 or 18 hours after the first picture I sent you is this second picture. It's a little bit more, actually. It's probably about 20 hours. And as you can see in the second picture, the hole is completely covered, completely filled. Now, the top layer of tarmac wasn't down yet, but that hole was basically completely covered and completely filled. That is impressive. Pretty good going, eh? So that pretty is good going, impressive. Eh? I'm surprised. So I was, I was pretty pleased with that. I was like, oh, it's, it's going pretty well. It's going pretty well. Anyway, time marches on. And one day later, this is now two days after the uh, leak had happened. So this is now about 45 hours on from the water main burst. Um, I've just sent you another picture. And I've received it. And that is shocking. They've actually replaced the whole road. Would you say in three days? You reckon? Two days. Nice. It can be about, done. About two hours after that last picture was taken, the road was open. It's unheard of in this bloody country. I just can't believe. And do you know it. what was even more amazing? So it was about it was about fifty hours, I believe. A little bit under, maybe. Uh, so hold on. No less. About it's about forty-five hours from switching the water off. And stopping it bursting out everywhere to the road open again. And what was amazing was of those 45 hours, it was raining heavily for about 40 of them. Oh, really? And they still well, managed to and they still managed to get the road into that state in less than two days. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Quite incredible. I was I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe how quickly they did it. And even more interestingly for me is like that it's a main road. And there's three bus routes to go down that road. What happened to the buses? <laughs> what was in? How did they operate? Where did they go? I don't know. <laughs> I was a bit I sort mean, of like, yeah, where are these buses? Didn't see any. But mate, that's fantastic. I mean, it, it, it is shocking because you don't normally see that in this country. It takes them weeks to just change a light bulb and a head and street light. Normally, it's just crazy. And if you go, I know. Yeah, it's, it proves it can be done. Maybe because it was a main road with a bus route, they expedited that work. But through the rain, again, that surprises me. Mm. So well done, society. I have a little bit more faith in now. Excellent. It can be done. So we'll, we'll, yeah. As an aside, I just want to say today is the twentieth of October, and the Christmas decorations went up in my area today. Silent. Just thought I'd say that. Thanks, dude. Just thought I'd say that. 
Um, we haven't had Halloween yet. Come on, let's get Halloween out of the way first. When the hell did Halloween become a thing either? It's always been a thing. It's just never been as grand as it is now. We yeah. used to go out, pick trick or treat, get get nothing, and then go home. It was simple. <laughs> Walk around with so, a um, costume anyway. So we need a hashtag and an episode title. Oh, we do. Oh, blimey. Well, the hashtag is I've never tagged anything in my life other than tweets. And I've already made a note of that. Yep, on it. Episode title? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. What stood out? I mean, we're very nostalgic tonight, weren't we? What about the reappearance of cunt? Oh, I don't think... No, no, no. I don't mind it being in the show, but we're not making it a show title. Cunt of the week? (laughs) C-O-T-W. As always, I'm pretty sure it'll come out in the wash. It'll fall out in the edit, no doubt. But looking, maybe something... um... Flash. Mm. Oh. Mm. Don't flash me. Oh, I don't know. This is where we really just come to our element and sound really shit. Where are all the buses? Where are all the buses? Where have all the buses gone? That could work. At least you can have an emoji with that. Yeah. Don't just think about the emojis. Emojis come later. Right then. Are we done? I think... Do the socials, my friend. It's time for the socials. Well then, let me do that for you. As always, you can get in touch with us on Twitter, at Verbal Diary Show. All our pictures of the week are on Instagram, at Verbal Diary Show again. Uh, you can send us your thoughts with the hashtag we just mentioned, which was, I don't tag anything except for my tweets. Uh, don't forget to subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your other preferred podcast apps. Or if you're more of a traditionalist, you can email verbaldiaryshow at gmail. If you like what we're doing, become a Patreon. I don't think anyone has yet, so you could be the first. Patreon.com slash verbaldiaryshow. And finally, all our show notes and archives are available on verbaldiary.show. Are we done? We're done.